0: From House of Stairs by William Sleater But really, that is kind of silly, Abigail tried to explain. I mean, a book is much less personal than a program screen that can respond to you according to your needs and concentrate on what's hard for you and go fast on what's easy. A book stays the same, no matter who's reading it. And anyway, I don't see how anyone could read a whole long book. It must be so boring. But, But it wasn't peter said faintly i almost forgot i was reading it the the whole story was going on in my head i still don't understand said oliver i mean watching a real-life hologram right before your eyes is better than anything you could imagine this is gothic of the Gothic Podcast may contain sensitive material not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. It's like I'm flickering in and out of consciousness. Where am I now? It's dark. Like there's something pulled over my head. We seem to be moving. Black back out. I think about what we've discovered. Not only about these fedora people and The Huntsman. But also about my friends. Cadence. I mean, I'm not surprised. That carriage that she drives. Those horses. And that weird visage that she takes on. Still can call a friend, though. Am I lying on a gurney? Bright lights passing overhead? Where are they taking me? Baz. His weird history with this... cult. His conspiracy theories. Albeit, you know... Kind of endearing, and he's got a really good strength about him. Not just physically, but in his heart. I think he really cares for what's going on. He sure as hell protected us a few times. Thankful for that. Are they tying me up now? Is that chanting I hear, or just people talking? Like I said, things just keep getting stranger and stranger here in the City of Mist. I mean, I'm pretty strange myself. How can I use my powers, to protect my friends at this point. And maybe save a whole city. God, that's a lot of pressure. Welcome back, Sojourners, to the City of Mist. That city draped in the fogs and mist that appears in some way to be sentient, those mists. Some way they are used by what at least Cadence, is calling the fedoras, the mist minions, to fade the memories, to fog the memories of people who encounter the supernatural, who encounter aspects of their mythos as the rifts move through the city. Last time, we found out a fair bit of information, or at least leads on getting some information, we found out that Phoebe is somehow involved with the fedoras. I was wearing a fedora herself and the gray clothes, although they could see her features while most of the fedoras the features are unrecognizable, not not there, just memory slides over them. But someone else has been doing research in the days that uh, Cadence and Echo and Baz were doing theirs. Ariel Farouche has been looking through directories, cross-referencing names, and, well, delving into a book that she took off of a certain unconscious woman found in the top of Ivy Corp Tower and carried out by Baz. And so, Cadence, you get a phone call. You have come back to the metal shop to pick up a few things uh, before heading to the library and your confrontation with Phoebe. Mm -hmm. Baz is chomping at the bit to just get going and get it done and get get some heads bashed in, dagnabbit. I'm guessing. Yeah, he's. Uh, he feels like he's gotten good at that. <laughs> and Echo, though, Echo has had some troubles, both in um, your recent conflicts in the forest and outside of the forest. And uh, their voice is cracking and crumbling. And, well, Echo feels that perhaps... Some For some reason, some unknown urge that they must go out in the bay and recoup to regather their powers. You lure any tugboat pilots to their death? Yes. (laughs) So the big black phone on Shirley Knotts' desk that Shirley would normally be answering rings, although it is after hours and... Well, Shirley wouldn't be there normally anyway to answer it.
1: Uh, yeah, um, I'd go over and say, Uh, hi, thank you for calling the metal shop. This is Cadence.
0: Baz was real scared he was going to have to answer the phone. <laughs> and on the other end is Ariel Farouche.
2: Hello, Cadence. Ariel. I, I have some information that I want to share with you. Oh, yeah, let me... let About me the Huntsman. Those. Are you... Uh, is everybody there?
1: Well, um... Echo needed to go recover a little bit, um, but Baz and I are here. I'm scrambling for a, a notepad.
2: Good. I don't know how much help this would be at this point, but I did get a name uh, from the, the notebook that I took, uh, took from Victoria. Uh, she has been looking into this, um, this huntsman person herself and, uh, and has found uh, some sort of organization. Uh, she says she calls it Project Mistwolf, and Project his Mist name Wolf. is Chase Huntsley.
1: <laughs> Chase Huntsley. Okay, got that. Uh, yeah, Pr- Hunts Huns- Huntsley with an L. That's right. Baz yes? is also
3: writing this down because I picture us like comically. This has got to be one of those things with the the earpiece that you like hang up on the side of the phone. Oh and then yeah, it's the on a wire. D- the dual- Uh huh. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Cadence and Baz are like one ear (laughs) to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We haven't invented a speakerphone yet. So we're both just like pressing our heads together listening. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Project Mist
2: Wolf. Uh, So I have not yet tracked him down. Uh, In fact, I don't even know if he's in town. Apparently, he he, um, travels quite a lot. Uh, He's a big game hunter and does a lot of exotic hunts. So I have not. I've not yet found him or where where I can find him but uh but that is my next step uh and I wanted to share that with you
3: uh so have you met this Huntsley guy?
2: i have not uh yeah he, he is uh unknown to me although although I do confess I feel some sort of uh some drawing me to him uh but it's, it's probably I knew him in another life or something
3: yeah I, I think he's feeling the same way.
2: Yeah, is that is that right? What do you mean?
3: Uh, well, we we ran into somebody in the in the woods, or at least heard him from a distance.
1: There was a lot of mu- music happening.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, oddly, a lot of Were music. Were you two? I don't know what was going so on. So
1: strange. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it was weird. Uh, but anyway, uh, it seems like there's the huntsman in mythos terms, and he's very interested in in you arieli or uh your mythos especially Mm -hmm. like you might be willing to fight the mist and its minions just
1: on your behalf
3: yeah for you what it's ridiculous
1: yeah i know you're totally capable of doing that yourself if you wanted to and also he could have asked just saying
2: that's right he could (laughs) have asked i don't even know this person (laughs) (laughs) does he think (laughs) he is unsolicited mist hunts
1: are just like not an appropriate thing to send to a lady
3: well baz is just like like looking real embarrassed right now
1: (laughs) why do you make make a habit of hunting things for ladies before you even talk to them
3: (laughs) well appropriating people's persons without their consent in order to (laughs) benefit them is sort of his gig
2: well uh, this is all very interesting um i suppose that that all drives i uh, gels perhaps i what what how do you say it uh, so it makes sense uh, that's good to know i think that comes together nicely uh, is there anything i can be working on for you uh, from here of course i will keep you updated well maybe
1: um if there's a, an organization uh, the project Mist Wolf. Um, f- maybe figure out where they're based. I mean, if this guy's so hard to track down, uh, figure out where they're based, where their headquarters are, what they're up to. Do they have a
2: mission statement? Could you look it up? Yes, that is uh, something I'm definitely looking into as well. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I I think this could be the conspiracy.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: So there's. I mean, I look at Baz. Baz. Baz found most of this stuff out, but um. Uh. We were looking up a lot of stuff about the Huntsman earlier today.
3: Uh and we found out some pretty good stuff, I think. Uh so oh, you want to know how the rain of Bodie's happened?
2: Yes, I absolutely do.
3: Okay. Uh so the Huntsman ran into uh this Anubis Kane guy uh mm-hmm. in the Right, in that forest. was a, he
2: was the body we found at the tower. Yep.
3: <laughs> yeah, we we found his body. Yes. <clears throat> we
1: did. Yeah cadence rubs her mouth
3: (laughs) yeah well uh apparently when uh the huntsman was beating up on anubis that's what opened like the connection between the land of the dead and the city and yeah uh then uh hayashi was like ready for this opportunity and he gained power by funneling uh the the dead through this rift that had been created
1: no man it was the opposite it's um that's how the living got sucked into it like everyone we knew who got pulled into the rain of bodies that was that was Hayashi interfering in right. what the huntsman had created or caused
3: I thought he was using the rift created by the huntsman as the opportunity to do that
1: Yeah right but that's how our loved ones got pulled into it specifically I think right
3: Yeah and that Kane had the list of of oh, yeah. the people we knew that that's how they particularly got, got involved.
1: Right. So Hayashi per- specifically targeted our people.
3: Right. And I think it had something to do with the, uh, the guests we had in our head up until the, uh, um, the singing forest. Yeah. So
2: the Huntsman's involvement with that reign of bodies was uh, perhaps not accidental, but that was not his, not his intention.
1: Yeah. It was kind of like a side effect of whatever all stuff he was doing.
2: Well, that is a relief.
1: I don't know, man. Cause, cause so here's what I'm worried about, Ariel. Cause if, 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 if this guy is going around, you know, doing stuff that like gets people killed because he cares more about destroying the mist than he does about not killing people, you know, whatever else he does,
2: like, you know, what if it's crazy dangerous for people around it? Yes, I can see that problem, uh, but but it sounds like it was not his intention to send our our people to their deaths. It was this Kane and, yeah, uh, no, right. and Hayashi right. who are who are doing that.
3: But if he works for Project Mistwolf, I I'm not I'm not con, I'm not convinced that what what happened was inadvertent.
1: Oh, uh, you don't think yeah, so? I don't think it matters whether it was inadvertent or not. He doesn't care that he got people killed. Well, we True. don't know that. Uh, that seems like
3: a bit of an assumption,
1: but uh, <laughs> you, you could be right.
3: Well, he can feel real bad about it, but he still did it. His
1: song sounded awfully triumphant. Is all I'm saying. Is that right? <laughs> well,
2: that is disappointing.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: interesting. All right. Uh, anything else? Um. Yeah. Actually, so
1: when we got out of the singing forest, we were all kind of like struck with this thing that we remembered suddenly happening where these these people in creepy gray outfits uh this happened a a, a few days ago after we talked to the magician um these people in creepy gray outfits like cornered us on a street and our our uh powers weren't working like we couldn't reach our mytho and and uh it was it was really disturbing and um anyway and you know we wind up wound up getting away from them in the memory but but um they were like looking at us and they were like stalking us. And it's like, we can't remember their faces still. And this memory was something that was new to us. Like we, we just remembered it as we walked out of the forest. We were all like, did you see that too? Um. So I guess keep an eye out for, for creepy, creepy people in gray fedoras.
0: While you are telling that story, Cadence, go ahead and roll face danger for me. Oh boy. escape the mist <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, oh boy!
1: performance uh
0: yeah this is a mental effect you are trying to overcome this is
1: a mental effect i'm trying to
3: overcome and we think that phoebe the librarian is uh connected to these mist minions somehow
2: yeah Phoebe, do i know phoebe
1: uh, you,
3: you don't want to know phoebe she's real <laughs> scary
2: is that's right <laughs> uh well do we know her
1: mythos
3: she's like she's the a
1: She's the librarian. Why is that so scary? I love libraries.
3: Phoebe's the scary one.
1: Uh, I'm just going to add performance. I don't really have anything else. Face danger. Uh, Okay. It's a mild success with a result of seven.
0: As as you were saying that, you suddenly went silent and Baz picked up, you know, talking about Phoebe. And you realized that you weren't coming back to the metal shop to get gear. You were headed for the library. You had... You had gotten into the Bronco and you were you were headed and was it Echo that had looked out of the windows and seen the fedoras in the mist in the alleys on the way? And you you don't remember what happened after that, but now you were talking to Ariel on the phone in the metal shop.
1: Oh. Um uh hey Baz.
3: Yeah, are are you okay, Cadence?
1: Yeah. Do you remember we uh we had decided to get to go to the library and talk to phoebe about it and we all got in the car and then we were here does that sound awfully familiar to you
0: as face danger i was gonna say how well do i remember this <laughs>
1: is there a status that i should take for for
0: no it was to um defeat a status <laughs>
1: oh gotcha okay
0: that uh you didn't manage to defeat all of it Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not one that's going to affect you, so there's no real point in oh,
1: in having it in on using it
0: except okay. as it applies to trying to get this one particular memory. Uh, I also got a mild success. <laughs> <laughs> cool. The power of two. You don't. You also don't remember exactly what happened, but you remember that not only did you see the folks in gray, but you saw them while Cadence had shifted you all over to the ghost roads.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I remember that you
3: you put us on on your mysterious paths to to get us away, and they were still there.
1: Yeah, that that's really.
3: And, and now we're here.
1: And uh, Echo was with us in the car, and now they're not.
3: Right. Yeah. What what happened, to Echo? I thought I thought they said they needed to like go in the bay or something.
1: I thought they said that, too.
3: All right, right. We, need, we need answers. It's time to go.
1: Yeah, we really do. Um, yeah, Ariel, watch out for these guys. They're bad news, I think.
3: Well, maybe we should, maybe we should meet up and go, go talk to Phoebe together. Actually, or, like, yeah. You guys should talk to Phoebe.
2: Well, didn't you just tell me I should stay very far away from Phoebe?
3: Well, I think I should stay farthest from Phoebe.
2: Yeah, you can you can keep behind me if you want. All right. If you'd like, I can come with you to uh, question this Phoebe person, and perhaps it will give me some answers on my investigation as well.
3: So are we? Uh, do you want to meet at Copper Pot Joe's?
2: Or do you want to come here to the metal shop? Either way. Uh, I can meet you. I can just meet you where you need to be, yes?
3: Meet us at the library? Yeah. Why not?
2: Do I need to suit up or anything like that?
3: You should definitely suit up.
2: all right i'm wearing my suit yeah perfect perfect you got the the cummerbund and everything (laughs) (laughs)
3: bring bring everything bring the guns bring the knives
2: is that right well i've got i've got my cloak and uh, we'll have what weapons i need
3: a a rocket launcher maybe
2: (laughs) what weapons do i need what weapons should i have we haven't really talked about weapons in this game
3: you could probably pick a medieval weapon that. That echo would have that given echo you. That echo would
2: have given you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. so well, if I should come and get a weapon from there, then I will just come there.
0: As you're waiting on R.E.L., it's been a while since mm-hmm. you've been in the metal shop, uh, or at least it certainly feels like it. You probably popped in here and there, you know, during your okay. investigations <laughs> Do we still and have jobs? such. But
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like a million years since we've worked a shift. Probably.
0: <laughs> There's no Shirley. The owner isn't here at the moment, uh, good old Cal Weathers, Mm -hmm. and you haven't seen him since the night of the uh, murder out in front of the of the uh, shop. So what 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 are you being here in the metal shop after hours, the time where you would often, you know, be doing your own things here uh, or what Baz would be doing his job? What uh, what thoughts go through your head? What memories are brought up? What? Is it making you feel nostalgic? Is it uh, yeah. something that just feels distant to you? What what is what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I think that Cadence went through a lot of stuff <laughs> in the singing forest, and um, so the metal shop probably seems like like almost unreal in terms of like like I can't believe this place looks exactly the same, and that piece of wadded up paper that mm-hmm. I threw at the garbage can and missed like no one's picked that up yet it's still there and it just like it you know it it feels like finding finding a real life memory from like forever ago i think it's just really weird to look at looking at the different band posters and uh you know how
3: about baz i think that baz feels trepidation at leaving i think everything's just been escalating so much and yeah they've had some successes but the, the enemies just seem to keep getting bigger and more mysterious and one after another. And he thinks that he might not ever see this place again. And he's thinking about, you know, all the all the projects that he's put together, uh, all the equipment, you know, that, that he's kind of helped Echo work out. And not a little bit thinking about all the late night jam sessions pounding on the drums just to, like, feel the vibration. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as they're leaving, I think he's kind of trailing a hand along the counter, uh, yeah. you know, a little bit reluctant to go. Uh, and he's, he's just making sure that, oh, is the awning retracted? Or, you know, mm-hmm. is everything ship shape uh, as they're leaving? And he just kind of locks the door on their way out and shakes his head in melancholy and then pulls himself together for the next step.
0: As you take a last look at some of those band posters on the wall, Cadence, What are some of those bands that have recorded at the metal shop? Sasquatch Howl.
1: Well, uh, yeah. And as a matter of fact, one is called Sasquatch Howl. Uh, Hmm. Let me um, figure out where (laughs) I put the list of bands. Viewpoint Scramble. Spaceship Rebar. (laughs) (laughs) Angelic Butt Muncher. What? (laughs) Vertical Face Mouth.
0: How about... uh... My fridge is too cold.
1: My fridge is too cold.
0: And Hex the Torgo.
1: (laughs) Uh, Throw the dagger. We rolled another 19. We need a 20.
0: Slap my lunch. (laughs) Flaming Sharknado. (laughs) And of course, who can forget the dulcet sounds of hot love lava? Or Salmon Explosion.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So far, one of the few canonical bands in the city. Yeah,
1: yeah. One of the only canonical bands in the
0: city. And so, yes, with some amount of nostalgia and longing and perhaps some fond memories, you step out the door, even as a motorcycle revs coming down the street. And for a moment, Baz and Cadence, you think, is it them? Is it is it the desiccated ones? And then you realize, no, no, those have gone to their afterlives, to their peace, it is Ariel coming swishing down the road, motorcycle splashing through puddles, the mist separating around her almost as if it's afraid to touch her. Cool. I imagine um Ariel that you don't just pull to a nice safe stop. Do you like skid to a stop or how, how do you how do you ride your motorcycle?
2: Um very recklessly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I almost mow Baz down as I pull up.
0: <laughs>
2: and, uh, and as he looks at me very pissed off, I just kind of coolly look at him back.
3: <laughs> no, I feel like he would use his uncanny agility and <laughs> just backflip out jump of, way out of the way yeah. at the last moment.
2: Well, if he does that, then he can, he can absolutely sense the contempt that Arya throws <laughs> so- his way. <laughs> you should have let me hit you
3: (laughs) he just kind of goes like simmer down i was
2: going to actually hit him all right you said something about weapon lead me to the weapon
1: yeah echo at one point was like oh by the way i collect medieval weapons and left us with all of these and uh (laughs) open up the, the 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 back to reveal this kind of it like you can tell these weapons used to be wrapped up in like a moving blanket but they've kind of moved and shifted around as the vehicle's been driven around. So it's all these random swords and stuff, daggers, you know. These are the best weapons to take to fight this Phoebe person and her gray people? Well, okay, so listen, we we wanted answers from Phoebe, and I suspect that running up and hitting her with a sword might not be the best way to to get those answers. But, you know, if there's something that you want to use, feel free to dig through these and take whatever.
3: Yeah, I don't think we open with the crossbows, but, you know, we want them just in case.
1: Yeah, you never know. I think I still have that dagger somewhere.
2: Well, I don't have a lot of room on my motorcycle for a carry sack (laughs) with a lot of options. So perhaps I should stick with something small if you do not uh, wish to be obvious
3: about this. There's a spiked club in there. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's absolutely the way to go clearly <laughs> well
0: like, that was my first thought instead i took this axe yeah but you don't have quite as much affection connection for. and affection for <laughs> as you did prior to going into the this is forest. true but he's still keeping
3: it because he
0: definitely feels a connection to He's that like, wacky voice
3: in I, his I head i wanted
1: this at some point so clearly it must have had a good reason
3: <laughs> no he knows it was lj's influence but he liked lj
2: so are we going in with the x or are we going in with the, with the, the smile <laughs> start well,
3: with a smile have The yeah, axe ready,
1: s-
2: s- you know, speak softly and have an all right. Ready. Well, I can maybe fit a crossbow on my back under the cloak, so I will grab that and then I will also grab something. Um, does somebody have one of those, you know, uh, those arm braces with the knife that pokes out if you click the button?
1: I don't know. Um, did you see anything like that, Baz? You could just dig through this stuff and see if you can find it.
0: That is what's called change the game, and uh, you can roll to add something to a scene and i think that that's a a good one i would just give you like some regular kind of you know medieval weapon but that's a specialization the crossbow
2: i can't have for free but i have to roll for the the what are those called are those are are those van braces what are those
3: called oh, a hidden blade in the uh assassin's
0: creed games <laughs> yeah, okay
2: <laughs> that makes sense
3: <laughs> but
0: the, on the bracer the, itself and so uh,
2: where is my roll 20? Where my tags? Shoop, shoop, shoop. Shoop, shoop, shoop. Uh, big stick, definitely. Walk softly, but carry a big stick. Um, cloaked, I've got under subversion as well. I think applies.
1: Big stick makes a lot of sense in
2: this context. Uh, my cloak offers both concealment and distraction. Um, not sure the cloak's going to apply itself necessarily to the concealment probably not for the vambraces but distraction maybe i don't know is that that's like that's more like from them being discovered not
0: that if they're there uh Uh, you could use a crew theme as well if there's one available because this is coming as an interaction with the crew this is something you're gaining from your connection to the rest of them well we've got the metal shop
3: shop talk and fight song yeah right now
1: i don't think type okay. like that shop- or sacrifice is applicable here. maybe wasn't shop talk more about like gathering information through our network yeah. of
3: chatting uh, okay right
2: okay um well so what about just those two big stick and and cloaked or concealment ah good grief miss okay result five all right. Well, I don't see any hidden blade bambraces, so I will just grab a.
0: Unless anybody wants to use some help points uh, towards helping you with your change the game.
3: Um. Hmm.
1: Sure. I only have one though.
3: Uh, I can do it in one in one fell swoop. I've got three help points on Ariel.
1: Oh heck, yeah! Go for it.
3: So yeah, Baz would just be like rummaging around in the the trunk and the wheel wells and like crawling in <laughs> there and searching under <laughs> the seats. <laughs> just tossing stuff out recklessly over his shoulder. Uh and, and he'll spend two help points to, to make that happen.
2: You sure you want to waste it on this? I mean there it seems like that's
3: ba- Baz is a people pleaser, thank you.
2: <laughs> I almost feel bad for punking <laughs> him with my motorcycle then. <laughs> but not quite.
0: So that is good enough to create a story tag. Hidden knife embracer, hidden bracer knife
1: hidden bracer knife that's uh one of the band posters um hanging up
0: <laughs> that's where we got it from actually yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Uh, it was like a piece of memorabilia yeah. it's not even echoes <laughs> yeah. it's just uh, something that one of the band members had <laughs> yeah. it was
1: it was for their first gig he was so proud
0: of it all right with the crossbow slung across uh, Ariel's back and um in a bracer with a hidden knife in it baz with his axe in the, you know, back seat, uh, even though he could sit in the front seat because Echo isn't here. He's used to being in the back seat. Creature of habit. <laughs> uh, did you pick up something new cadence or going with the old weaponry?
1: I'm not gonna pick up any of any of other Echo's other weapons. Would my would my coach come with the uh with the with the whip? Because I could use that potentially.
0: I was gonna say I think at this point it probably does, but I don't know. We'll change the game.
1: Sure, I'm going to use my power tag death coach. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, what else should I use? Death Nell. Heck it. Why not? ah I miss. <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> Keep changing the game for having things.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm guess. Does anybody wish to use any of their help points to <laughs> throw some juice that way? Don't know. Well, I already just burned
3: a couple Say help points. Uh, yeah. Uh, I also think that Baz is kind of afraid of the death coach,
0: so he's probably not, like, getting in there (laughs) and rummaging around. Particularly enthusiastic about it. (laughs) In that case, the problem isn't that you don't have a whip in your death coach.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
0: that you can't access the death coach.
1: That is a problem.
0: Okay. Is this, like, noticeable? Are we driving it?
1: Well, it probably looks more like a car. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, you're in the you're in the Bronco.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's the it's the Bronco right now.
0: <laughs> but how does that appear to the others as you're driving?
1: Oh, are we driving?
0: Because you have to shift over um in order to try to access it to get your whip.
1: So what I pictured immediately was um like it's almost like I'm grinding gears, but um but instead of a noise it's like, I don't know, the outside of the windows like goes gray a little bit, but then it comes back up. And then it does it again, and it's like it's almost like the daylight's flickering outside. And Cadence is frowning and looking at the shift at the uh, wheel, and just like, huh?
3: Uh, Cadence, is everything okay?
1: No, I'm I'm having trouble doing the the you know the thing the did, thing did I did. The
3: mist did the mist minions disable your your other side abilities?
1: I don't know. Sh- should I try driving backwards like I did that one time?
0: Burn uh, the tag death coach.
1: Oh my God. No.
0: no.
3: Sad day.
1: That's your MC move.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I am perfectly happy with the axe. Thank you. I ain't rolling shit.
1: <laughs> I shouldn't have asked about it. I should have just been like, yeah, I totally have. One. <laughs> well, we're going to confront Phoebe anyway, so maybe we can figure out how they do this kind of stuff to us and uh, and, and make her undo it. Right.
3: Uh, yeah, or at least find out what her involvement with The Mist is, because...
1: Well, yeah, ideally.
3: She was just, like, telling us about it before, so...
1: hmm Yeah, that's what's weird about it to me. She was all like, ooh, The Mist, and oh, did you know your riffs? And then it's like, oh, she's actually part of this, like, creepy fedora-wearing organization? I don't know, man.
0: So you chat as you drive, Ariel, sometimes in front of you, sometimes behind, depending on her whim. And uh, you get to the library there, just outside of the uh, campus district. And uh, you all pull up, and now you're on the steps heading up to the
3: library. For like the first time in his life, Baz walks in through the front door.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's growth. (laughs) Oh, wait, is Phoebe the librarian who saw you? Yeah. Yeah who's seen you oh mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah
3: yeah she's based off of my actual librarian friend doris
1: uh <laughs> Do you she, find terrifying amazing amazing she,
3: she's the scariest person <laughs> i've ever met in my life incredible there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever that if i was caught filing something <laughs> incorrectly i would have been done
0: <laughs> doris we direct your attention to our patreon <laughs> <laughs>
1: and join at the We Love Doris level.
0: <laughs> All right. You go in. The halls of the library are silent.
2: Is it open hours?
0: And echoing.
2: It
1: doesn't matter to Baz.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's open. It's not like late night yet. It's not, okay. you know, it's not in the after hour. It's open until about nine. Okay.
1: We are respectful library patrons. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: And you go in. There is a non-phoebe librarian just inside the door at a desk. He is uh on a computer tapping away.
3: Uh hi hi Josh. Is is Phoebe in? They want to talk to her.
0: Phoebe is in the back doing some filing.
1: With the candlestick in the library.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: okay, thanks, Josh. You're welcome. All right, it's, it's that way. And
0: Baz just points.
1: <laughs> cool, let's go talk to her. Thanks, Josh.
0: Baz, do you go with uh, the others as they move toward the back of the library, toward the stacks that aren't accessible by the regular patrons? Yeah, he will follow along. With Baz trailing the <laughs> two of you, Cadence and Ariel, you make your way through the stacks, the smell of books. Thick in the air, the sound of your boots and shoes almost muffled. Even though it is a, a hardwood floor, the floor padded in some way underneath to dull the the sounds coming off of people walking. You do hear a light murmur occasionally of someone in a in the aisle next to you, or maybe at a at a desk, but it's not loud. It's library quiet in here. It's different. It's a different feel than the cathedral that Baz can access by coming through the library.
2: While we're walking, I want to just kind of be whispering with cadence, you know, what's our play here? Are we going in? um, You know, this is what we know and tell us more. a bad cop or are we uh, cajoling her give trying to give her something and get her on our side what what uh how do you yeah. want to play this
1: well i don't really know because um m- you know maybe good cop bad cop would be the best because we're not sure if she's sympathetic to us she gave us a lot of like honestly really helpful information that that helped us handle the the whole mythos thing like more gracefully than i think we would have been able to on our own but but we also don't know if she was doing that because of some kind of ulterior motive. So
2: she knows you already oh, and yeah. has helped you. So you could, so we could start with the, hey, that yeah. is really helpful. And do you have more information tech? Yeah, that's
1: and what then, I was bam, We
3: throw in the picture. How do you know these people?
2: Right, exactly. Like
1: if she's, if she's like, you know, trying to give us the runaround, if she doesn't want to give us answers, we'll just be like, oh, hey, can you tell us more about this? And like put the fi- picture down on the uh, table or something.
2: So so we go in asking for her help first before we get all tough about it. Yeah, because then if she is, you know, being
1: helpful, I don't know.
2: It, we, we, it is always better to start from helpful, right? But we need your help and then we can always get the big stick out later.
3: Yeah, stay on her good side if you can.
2: Great, you know her, so you should start. Uh, That's what I was she just she ask. will remember you. Then I will, I will be a little bit quiet and let you go. Let you start. All right, with her.
0: You come to a door. It is closed, wooden, heavy, but with a frosted glass pane on it that you cannot see through. But it says "Private Collections, Staff Only."
1: I look at pass. <laughs> this is your domain, man.
0: Well, uh I'm pretty sure Doris thinks the library
3: is her domain. Maybe we Phoebe? just knock. Phoebe. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I,
1: I'm pretty sure Phoebe loves
2: Doris. <laughs>
3: I'm pretty sure Phoebe thinks this is her domain, but
0: maybe you just knock.
2: And so I just knock.
0: The door swings open. Beyond is a black void.
1: Oh, that's not a hallway.
0: There is a single light spearing down from somewhere above. Onto a desk. It's a big wooden desk of very old make uh, antique desk with like lion claw, you know, feet on it carved, not real ones. (laughs) And there's a real one.
1: It's one of the bands.
0: (laughs) There's an old wooden filing cabinet right next to it. On the other side of the desk is a metal trolley car with a lot of books stacked on it. Behind the desk is Phoebe. The thing is that this isn't like close. It's hard to tell distance, but it's uh, but yeah, because of the light spearing down, you have to guess that it's maybe uh, 100 feet, 200 feet (laughs) on in. And she looks up as the door opens and light spills into the void from the uh, space out in the library itself. She looks at you, um, adjusts her glasses on the end of her nose. And says, "You see, you're not the only one that has an extra-dimensional space. Come in and close the door behind you. There's a giraffe.
2: <laughs> um, is spaz coming in with us?
0: Yeah, he's just
3: going to stay back. All right. Specifically, he's going to stay behind Cadence.
2: All right. I'll uh,
1: go in and start start walking up to her desk. Close the door behind us,
2: and it's still black.
0: Yes, the only light now is." the light shining down on her desk and a square of illumination behind you that is the frosted glass window but it's just sort of hanging there in midair almost Mm -hmm. and you can see the words uh, private collections staff Mm -hmm. only reversed Mm -hmm. and as you walk across the void there is solidity under you it's weird because it's totally silent. And in fact, you realize that there were no echoes when she spoke to you. And mm-hmm. you just kind of get used to those when you're in a enclosed space and you don't even notice them hardly. But now it's everything is kind of flat.
1: Um, well, hi, Miss Phoebe. We wanted to come back and, and talk to you some more if you have a moment.
0: Yes, of course. You've come for answers, I suspect.
1: Yeah. You know, you were just really helpful to us last time. and. um we've been running into some more, you know, just weird stuff that's been happening and uh and wondered wondered if you had answers about it.
0: Well, what would you like to know?
1: So, we've been noticing that we feel watched by a group of people who are all dressed in a kind of a particular way. It's kind of gray. There's hats that hang down over the face and high collars to uh to hide their identity and we have trouble you know, kind of holding on to our memories of these people. Does this sound like anything you know about?
0: Of course you do. Of course Straight you do. Of course you do. Those are the keepers, the guardians of the mist.
1: What, what, a, who, I mean, who are they?
0: Agents of the city itself.
1: I'm assuming you don't mean like the city government.
0: Oh, no. Heavens, no. They're far beyond that. You know that.
1: Yeah, we kind of figured. So they're, they're kind of freaking us out because when they're around, we don't feel like we can connect to to our mythos. And and, you know, we're just so new to this stuff. It It's 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 really we're just getting used to the idea of having these things, you know, expressing themselves through us. And then now there's these guys who show up and make us not be able to do that. And we're just wondering, like, what's up with that? What do they want?
0: Yes, of course. That's exactly what they want. Not to have rifts or rifts oh. break the. They break the pattern of the city. The mist dulls your senses, keeps you from knowing who you are, keeps you from knowing your true mythos selves.
2: And why do they
0: want that? Because, of course, power here echoes through all the worlds. If you subdue story, well, then story becomes the... I'm having trouble with my words, uh, becomes Can't relate.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the province of whoever can tell the story.
1: So hold on a minute. You're saying that whoever controls the, the narrative here controls the narrative everywhere.
0: It's a theory. But think of this. Imagine a world. Imagine a realm of, of books, layers upon layers of books, perhaps. But all those stories are real. All those places are real. Imagine that those then echo on up into a higher reality, um, one where uh, people walk around and talk and do things, live their lives just like we do here. But now imagine that those people tell stories, that they have fairy tales and myths. We have whole sections. And she waves a hand. And it's not that a book... Opens on the desk or on the uh, reshelving thing. The entire void flips pages. If that makes any sense, it's almost like for a moment the whole all of the void isn't void. It's a book, and the pages are turning.
2: Do we feel this in a tactile way, or is it more like of a seeing not seeing? I'm picturing like our hair blowing. It's
0: seeing and feeling. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bit of a breeze. Uh, There's a bit of a sense of occupying space now. And Phoebe says, they have these fables and these fairy tales and a page of the book opens around you and in giant letters almost. You it's almost like you're standing on or near a book, but you are not ant-sized, but certainly very small in comparison. <laughs> you see an illustrated title and a very lovely illustrated image of Um, a black and white of a coach in a forest, and it's being driven by a headless driver. And at the top of it, the page says, The Tale of the Dillahan." There's a name of an author who's writing this particular uh, one, but it kind of blurs out and you don't see that. (laughs) Imagine the inspiration was gone in a world like that, that pulled on all of these stories, that had all of these tales all of these myths to draw upon imagine that they didn't have any new ones growing that the stories fell to the side that it was just the everyday work 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 go to your job go to your cubicle go to your um go to your office work your day live your life oh yes live your life but how are you really living it without story but imagine such a world And the power that could be wielded over, um, I hesitate to call them sheep, but the people who become sheep because of the lack of stories in their lives, the lack of imagination, the lack of wonder. The mist tamps all of that down here, and therefore it echoes more slowly up through the layers until you get a world of, let's call it a world of horror almost, where people. Are in constant conflict with one another over ideological ideals that they they don't really understand. Have I gone too far for you, lovey?
1: Um, maybe a little bit.
2: That that doesn't sound awesome.
1: So, As
3: is just scribbling furiously.
2: What would happen if these keepers were destroyed?
0: I'm not sure that's possible, but if it could be done, um, then the mist would not be. That's powerful for they reweave the mist i i am not entirely certain the mist is separate but it is also connected you've seen this perhaps it uh, it grows stronger where they travel yeah but where rifts are it grows weaker and the more powerful the rift the weaker the mist is you, you can hardly help but you know notice that you have a near avatar with you
2: yeah so you're saying that uh Yes, that's you, dearie. <laughs> I just kind of
0: blink at her.
2: <laughs> so, um, do these guys work
1: for anything or any person?
0: The keepers are a bureaucracy. But <laughs> there are layers, but as with any bureaucracy, who is at the top? Mm. Is there anyone at the top of a bureaucracy?
2: <laughs> We've all wondered
1: the same question. <laughs>
2: Is this uh, Project uh, project Mistwolf part of this bureaucracy?
0: I'm not sure what that is.
3: Baz nudges Cadence. Show her the picture.
1: Uh, ho- hold on a minute, Baz. It, um, do, do you think that if, say as a random, uh, non-specific example, someone was trying to destroy the mist, what would happen to those other worlds, do you think?
0: The ones that echo from here? I should say that there would be a lot more wonder and (laughs) stories (laughs) abounding as rifts began to awaken more and more here in the city. However, there are tales told among the keepers that um, this happened, that once there was no control here in the city, it nearly tore the city apart. Oh, with all the stories trying to become their full mythos?
1: Yeah, I guess I could see how that would happen. Do you know how long ago that was, just out of curiosity?
0: How old are you, dear?
1: Oh, a number. <laughs> it's twenty-eight.
0: Are you sure?
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure. My birthday's not for another few months.
0: You're probably wrong. Time means something different here than what you're used to.
1: You mean in your library pocket dimension?
0: In the city. It's possible that you are as old as your story.
1: Oh, that's a weird thought.
0: And I'm pretty sure it's older than 28 years.
1: Yeah. Uh, it feels that way. Um, How ha- ha- how do you know that the- that this is a legend the keepers tell each other?
0: Why do you ask?
1: <laughs> well, we just found a weird picture and I pull it out and um do that thing where I kind of flick it onto the desk so it like slides on the air and comes to rest like in front of her.
0: The picture floats down on top of her desk. She doesn't even look down at it, but she just smiles, a thin smile, the same kind of smile that you've seen, Baz, when someone, you know, has brought back a book that is overdue. Baz steps back. <laughs> she says, Well, it's not a memory <laughs> ironically, it's not a memory I would like to keep, but yes, and she turns the chair slightly and leans down and opens the bottom drawer of her own desk and then pulls out a gray fedora and mm. puts it on top of the desk.
1: Gasp. The desk is <laughs> the desk is a keeper.
0: Even as she does so, there's strands almost like tentacles come out from the hat, from the fedora, wind their way across the desk, almost like vines growing at a rapid rate, um, the void begins to crack and sizzle in places. Mm. Just It's best it's not out of its container for long.
1: Uh, well, uh, put it back, by all means.
0: Perhaps, yes. Once I was among them, I left the employ, such as it is, of the keepers, and I hid myself here in the city library, the place where I have the most power. It's why I'm always here, Baz. I can't leave, or they will find me. So you might
3: like it if we were to take them down?
0: The problem is that I don't necessarily know that they are entirely wrong. This is a problem for me. You might almost call it it a conflict between my (laughs) (laughs) mythos and my logos. Just that strangely enough, my logos was keeper. <laughs> I am the mythos of the librarian. I'm a keeper of stories, but I was also a keeper of the mist and the fears they have are not unfounded. I don't know how long ago the city trembled on the edge of apocalypse because of all the stories that were concentrated here. But it was a bloody time, so I am torn. It is not a decision I have come been able to come to. Not that I had the power to do anything about it, though perhaps you do. I don't know. Perhaps you will just disappear into the mist yourselves. Speaking of which, weren't there more of you?
1: Yeah.
3: Echo had to go lure some people to their deaths or something. I don't know.
1: Well, we. so, I mean, that's what we remember is Echo had to go do something but the last time we saw echo we were uh we were in the coach and we saw them watching us um from my shortcuts that i take and then we were back at the shop and echo wasn't there and all i know is the the last time we couldn't remember what happened someplace it was the the keepers were involved and they'd done something so i don't know about you i'm a little anxious about. About where Echo's at.
0: Well, would you like to know what happened?
1: Yeah, if you know. Yes,
0: Miss Exposition, please.
1: (laughs) Tell us more. (laughs) Miss Exposition is my middle name.
0: (laughs) She picks up the hat. Who would like to put
3: it on, then?
1: Oh, God.
3: Why, Why would we have to put on the hat to find out what happened to
0: Echo?
1: Are they like a hive mind?
0: No, but the hat will protect you from the mist even as it controls it to a certain extent
1: what Uh, really
0: that's how it works will it control us she like hits it on the table it's not like it's not named fritz or anything it's not a cat baz
1: (laughs) it's got tentacles man like it's creeping me out
0: it's not sentient it's not even part of the mist she like pulls on it it's
1: felt (laughs) right it's got felt tentacles okay
0: (laughs) All right, well,
3: i'll I'll do it.
1: Are you sure?
3: No, <laughs>
1: if if you don't if you don't want to, I could do it.
3: um i I don't want it to hurt you.
2: I walk over and grab the hat <laughs> 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 while they're debating. We're trying to like sacrifice each other for each other. but
0: <laughs> Ariel, puts on the hat. Ariel. There is a moment of clarity. Where you didn't even realize that you had been, that your mind was muddled, was foggy, but it's gone now. And you are 100% your mythos, Little Red Riding Hood. Mm. There is no logos in you at this moment. And yet you also remember everything about your logos life. You remember all the times where the mist closed in and kept you from seeing something that was really there, that kept you from seeing the troll as it crashed around through the bar in a bar fight, and that what you had seen was uh, some dude named Mickey or John or whatever.
2: Do I feel like I uh, I now have a clarity of purpose then um, to destroy the city as is my belief that it is the wolf and rejoin the huntsman. And
0: the city is what is keeping you from being you.
2: But I am me now. Is that, is that necessary any longer? Like, is it still the wolf
0: or is. You would have to wear the hat all the time.
2: Yeah. Oh, I see. I won't remember this once. It is the
0: hat that is um, giving you this clarity. And you know, that when you take it off, you'll be a bit muddled again, that you'll have your. Your one logos back,
2: but for now, while I'm wearing it, do I have this? Cl- do I have this clarity of purpose, or am I just just recognizing that I'm a little bit Riding Hood? Do you? In the story, she doesn't meet the huntsman until after she fights, until after she meets the wolf and is devoured by it. So she wouldn't know him.
0: So the clarity that you get in those terms is also the clarity to want to play out your mythos, right. your myth. And you realize that you know how to draw out the huntsman. Mm-hmm. It is to be what you have often been in your logo's life, the, the bait. bait. <laughs> <laughs> if you're bait for the wolf, that yeah. will draw the huntsman.
2: Okay, cool. Um, but that's pretty much all I see. It's all related to me. There's nothing. Okay, Things so- that
0: you have encountered.
2: Yeah. All right. And then so I'm able to then take the hat off and tell them it's safe. Okay, I'm holding the hat and I'm I'm ready to tell them a lot. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm caught in this air of speaking with great urgency and I filled my breath with my my lungs with breath. And I I can't remember what I was going to say. What was I going to say? It was very important.
0: If you try very hard, you can.
2: I uh, I was I was seeing uh, seeing my mythos very clearly and uh, and oh yes, I know how to draw the huntsman out. Of course, oh. he 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 will find me if if the wolf is there and I am there and I'm in danger from the wolf. There, there will the huntsman be. So sense. if
3: the mist minions are, like, menacing you, then the Huntsman will show up.
2: Then I think that very well might happen, yes. Um, I don't know for sure, but that is the impression that I got from from this hat. Uh, it did not appear to do me any harm, uh, so if you would like to try it and see what you can see, uh, I, I appear to be in one piece, and it's fading it's fading very quickly i i'm remembering my life as ariel just as if i am i am i am ariel and i have this life but the the life the life of my mythos is fading rapidly
0: more of the void begins to crack and phoebe says if you're going to do it do it quickly she's looking around at the blackness that's no longer black but starting to ribbon with gray
2: I, I hand Baz the hat.
0: Yeah.
3: Baz just pops it on. It'll do like a, not for a stare, but uh, anyway, <laughs> like
0: roll it over his, over his wrist.
3: And
0: <laughs> Frank Sinatra. That's who I yeah, was yeah, yeah. yeah. You are further away from your mythos. So it's not like you have full knowledge of your, um, of your story and it's not there like Ariel's was um, with a thundering heartbeat of need to Mm -hmm. play it out. Yeah. Uh, But it's there in the background, the gothic towers of the cathedral, the girl uh, who Ariel has been calling Victoria, even though you didn't have a name for her before. Also, though, you're focused on this one thing, you know, what just happened to you? And you see it now. The coach driving through the streets of the city, the foggy streets, the gas lamps, the minions of the mist, the fedoras (laughs) in the alleyways, uh, their figures made hazy by the fogginess of the mist. You see the coach stop in this strange ghost realm as several step out in front. They have tokens among them, things that you can't quite make out, but that cause the mist to pull in thicker, more heavily, until it is the city again around you. And then they're coming in from the side. There is a scuffle. There is a fight. Echo tries to do their thing. Their voice just cracks. But something does happen. There is enough power in it to knock you two out. It's only for a moment but it's a moment that they need in order to drag off Echo, at least, among the three of you, then you are back to consciousness and the mist is weaving all around you. And as a last-ditch effort, it is Cadence who doesn't whip the horses into a frenzy because there's no longer horses, Uh, can't quite find the horses anymore, can't quite find the carriage, but still whips the Bronco into motion into reverse, (laughs) like she has done before, (laughs) and squeals away from this, uh, hardly thinking at all, or else she wouldn't have left Echo, but the last thing you see is Echo. They are being pulled into a big, black hearse, and on the side of the hearse, it just says City Asylum.
3: Ah! Okay. Okay. Baz takes off the hat, like puts puts a, a
0: hand to his temple
3: and kind of shakes it off a little bit, and then he, he looks at Cadence and he grins and he says, Cadence. Yeah. You, you want to do another daring rescue?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we'll find out what happens next time on the Gothic
2: podcast. The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel and Goblin Brook Manor, LLC, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery-Lafronis, Jesse Baldwin, Eric Halbert, and me, Kirsten Valerie. Our logo was designed by Jared George Art, and our theme music as by Zoe Hovland. We stay afloat thanks to you, so if you can, please support us on Patreon and follow, like, and review us on iTunes and all our social media platforms. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners.
0: I probably should have been making you roll investigation checks.
1: (laughs) Too late.
0: (laughs) Too late.